welcome to another episode of King the Wellbeing Podcast with No Content Boundaries. On this episode, I speak with Caitlin Gooch, who encourages us to live a life full of inspired action. She gives us lots of golden nuggets about how to connect with our intuition and live in a life out of your comfort zone. So I hope you enjoy this episode and please let me know if you've got any comment or anything that you'd like us to discuss about mental health and wellbeing. Thank you. Caitlin, thank you so much for agreeing to come and speak with us. Um, I'd love for you to start just tell us a bit about uh, your life and your career. You've got a multifaceted life and career. Um, I'd love for us to start there if that's okay. Thank you um, and it's a pleasure to be here. It's really beautiful and it's just really nice to be in your presence. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I don't really know where to start. I have a, yeah, like you said, a multifaceted, but I think that's probably the politest way someone can <laughs> describe my life. Um, I like to do a lot, um, but I like to do a lot of what I'm inspired to do. Um, and I am constantly getting new, like, inspiration and new things to try. So um, we met through the dance day that I did, but that was literally, like, a download. And I was like, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to play with it and see what happens. And I think it went well. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the Coromandel. Uh, I moved to Queenstown uh, for four years when I was 11. And then I finished high school in Rotorua. But would come back to the Coromandel like every summer. And then when I finished uh, school, I went to Wellington. But I came up here for Labor Weekend to the Coromandel. And I saw some lambs. And I kind of had this freak out. I was like, it's spring and I haven't seen lambs. And so <laughs> I quit my job and uh, moved back to the Coromandel. And then... Um, kind of travelled between here, Melbourne and London for like six years. Um, just really trying heaps of different things, like um, I'm very good at knowing if something's not a right fit, so I'll start something and I will not follow it through just because I should, mm. um, which obviously has its positives and negatives. Um, but yeah, I feel like because of all of those things, I've got this way of showing up in the world and people know that um, if I'm somewhere and I've stayed somewhere it's because I want to be there I'm not just going to hang around because I should yeah uh, so I guess I live a very authentic and like um, guided by spirit life <laughs> you, you said that um, you um, start something and if something doesn't feel right to you then you won't do it can you yeah. tell us a, a bit more about um, one example that just comes to mind now is so I went over to uh, London and worked on a super yacht and on the yacht uh, I got bullied really badly and in the super yacht industry people like stick it out just do it like once you've got at least some experience then you'll be able to find a boat blah blah, blah. Um, but I got to this point on this boat where the chief steward was lying about me and had told the captain some stuff and I saw this email that she'd written about these things that I hadn't done so I left the boat and then just decided, like, actually, it's not an industry I want to work in when, you know, that's the norm. Like, you're treated like shit, and then you just have to stick that out. Mm. Like, that's not, that's only happening because people continue to let it happen, and it's a cycle, whereas it, it doesn't have to be like that, and it really shouldn't. Yeah. And that's kind of relatable in life itself, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That we kind of, you know, learn these things that, you know, we're supposed to show up and just get on with things yeah. and actually, you know... Yeah, and I think, so a big thing for that is, like, 
obviously sometimes in life things are going to be hard and I'm not saying when things get hard give up um but I'm more saying like okay you're at this situation where it's hard like why are you here in the first place is it because it's something that you want to do when you've dreamed of or it's something terrible happen and you're just getting through the motions or is it hard because you're showing up at a job that you never wanted to do that you're doing to make your parents proud kind of thing like why are you doing what you're doing and from there establish whether that's a hard that you want to continue to work on or if it's something that you should leave (laughs) and is is the like ways that you kind of connect with yourself in those times when you think oh actually you know is this right for me you know what what do you how do you overcome that I suppose um now for me it's really easy because I feel like I am really in touch with myself and spirit and my intuition and all of those things but as a starting practice I think um just spending time alone so I I meditate every day that's a non-negotiable for me and I've probably meditated every day for the past maybe close to five years um there's a handful of days that I don't meditate in a year and it might be that I'm hungover (laughs) Um, but usually if I don't wake up and meditate I'll meditate in the evening and yeah it's probably about five days in a year that I don't meditate every day Uh, but for me that started as a practice about four years or five years ago would have been five years now where I'd wake up and I'd set my alarm for five minutes so a timer for five minutes I'd wake up I'd sit up and I'd just focus on my breathing like that's how my meditation started and it was just five minutes and it was done and that kind of got to a point where I enjoyed being in that silence and you know I might feel inspired to do stuff after or like there's so many benefits now especially with the science that they're doing to study it of how yeah. you can handle situations better in the day for meditation and things like that but it got to a point where I was like oh I, I love that feeling I'm going to do five minutes in the evening and it kind of expanded from there but it, it was having that practice of silence and a lot of people don't deal well with silence and we're always mm. distracting ourselves or picking yep. up our phone or even in our heads with our inner critic and our own voices distracting ourselves rather than being silent um, and that can be scary but now it kind of feels like second nature I kind of love that that um starting with you know starting small and um building yeah. the habit up from yeah. a small that's a really good advice <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes we we think we want to do this thing so we're going to go all in yeah (laughs) which is great and if you can like cool but if you want to meditate every day and then you're like I'm going to meditate for an hour every day you're not going to do that because it's quite daunting even 20 minutes when you're starting can feel like so long because you know you could spend 20 minutes scrolling Instagram or doing whatever reading a book but five minutes like easy and even if you've only done five minutes like that is still going to have so much benefit um it's like even if you want to start reading more, like even reading five pages in the morning and then your book reading for the day is done. But if you feel like reading a little bit more later, you can. Like just have, giving it yourself that option and not starting too big. <laughs> I'd love to know um, what comfort zones mean to you. How, how does your comfort zone show up? Um, and yeah, any advice that you've got for us who are living in our comfort zones? Um... I love this question mainly because pushing myself outside of my comfort zone is probably like uh, one of the reasons I live. (laughs) Um, I 
I feel like for me personally, pushing myself outside of my comfort zone has been a way in which I can feel like a thrill of excitement and like finding that thing that scares me and doing it. Um, I guess probably originally started as a way to like get that adre adrenaline rush. Um, because when something's terrifying and you do it and afterwards you're like, whoa, what the fuck, I yeah. did that thing. Um, now I find it empowering but um, and like liberated by that feeling. But at the beginning it was definitely like a way to chase a high. Um, and I grew up in an environment that was like very heavy of drugs and um, alcohol abuse uh, with both my parents. So chasing my high and that I wouldn't, I didn't want to do that when I was younger I didn't want to do drugs and um, alcohol and things like that because of what I'd seen so I had to find different ways to like yep. get that excitement I also really used to love like uh, skids and drag racing wow. <laughs> um, and being in the car when that was because it was another way to like chase that high uh, definitely a lot safer to push yourself outside of your comfort zone um, and do like this scary but liberating thing rather than Getting in the car that's going really quick in circles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's real fascinating that um, you um, saw your parents going through, you know, drugs and abusing drugs and alcohol and you um, managed to stay away <laughs> from that yourself because I can relate to that from <clears throat> my family as well. Um, but sadly, I, I did go the other way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm overcoming all of that now. Yeah, um, it makes how, you part of, part of your journey, though. Yeah, absolutely. How, and, like, how did you manage to, um, you know, <laughs> kind of point it into this direction rather than yeah. more abusive? Um, <clears throat> it's interesting because, yeah, I grew up in that environment and I have a lot of friends that grew up in that environment and have continued those kind of cycles where you stay in the family business and you do things like that. Um... I think there was a couple things like I read a book when I was about 15 and it was called uh, the, the Success Principles by Jack Canfield but it was written for teens mm -hmm. um, and so it was like the first self-help book I'd ever come across it was about you are the five people you spend your most time with like it was about something greater than yourself and um, I had friends that were in the church and stuff and I've been to church a few times but just really didn't sit with me and I guess this was like a way of finding you know that greater power or you know we go for that faith or whatever outside of myself and really one of the chapters in there is about taking 100% responsibility for your life and when you're 15 and your parents cook drugs and take drugs and you're like well how am I responsible for that um, I'm gonna take responsibility for where my life goes from here um, so there was that and that book honestly was like a, big, a massive catalyst in changing my life um, but also like a deep knowing and sometimes it was only like the tiniest pinprick of hope but knowing that it, I was supposed to be there for it to be different mm -hmm. um, I went through some really um, heavy like mental health challenges and there was definitely a time where I wanted to take my own life um, and went down that avenue um, I never followed through with taking my own life and it was literally like that tiny little pinprick that I knew the things that I'd been born into and the things that had happened to me like I was there to inspire others for it to be different and I'm really thankful for that because I know a lot of people don't have that mm. um, 
but yeah, those two things definitely like massive catalysts in not following those footsteps and the older that I've gotten, like I've definitely um, partaken and tried different drugs and I drink and uh, do all those things now, but um, at that time in my life, like I still wanted those thrills and those highs, but I wanted to get them from other places. So challenging myself and like, you know, I have this belief um, that before we come here, we choose the life that we're born into and we choose the soul contracts that we have. and actually since read a really good book that kind of explains all of this and I fucking love so what is um, it what it's called it? journey of the souls um and it's a psychiatrist or psychologist that used to see patients and then um do hypnotherapy with them and mm. he found that across there's like seven thousand of them they'd all taken back to the same place and kind of share like a similar experience about having your soul family essentially and so anyway he took 25 of those and wrote a book based on the consensus of bringing them all together and it's how I've always thought about life so I figured if I came here to learn these certain lessons of in my life and um go back to my soul family or whatever and have grown and learned like I want to do as many as I can now so I don't have to keep coming back and trying to learn all the things and all the things. Like, hey, this scares me, do it. Okay, have I learned? Go. And like, just keep going because then I don't have to keep coming back. I love that drive and ambition. It's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I um, would love to talk more about the um, recent um, event that you held Mm -hmm. and... um, it was a cacao ceremony and somatic dance. Could yep. you tell us a little bit more about um, what those things are? Uh, so cacao is like an ancient uh, Peruvian um, drink, I guess. Or well, I say ancient. Like It's only really come into the Western world recently. Um, but it's through the cacao plant. So we have coca, but cacao is just an unreformed uh, version of that. Um but essentially it's a plant medicine. So it's not ayahuasca where it like mind alters you to a degree where you see different stuff, but it's more like a gentle, uh, heart opening, expansive um, lineage. Uh, and so I, I love cacao and I love um, being able to drop back into myself. I guess it's another practice that I use to like connect back to my intuition and mm. all of that. Um, and I really wanted the opportunity to share that. Like I love ceremony and I love ceremony with anything. And I, um, I don't have ceremony every day in my life cause I don't want it to feel like a chore, but I really love carving out the space, to, even if it is just to make a cup of tea or make a cacao and sit. And, um, I think it's really beautiful to be able to sit with sisters. Mm, me too. Um, that's one thing like I'm really exploring at the moment is like that sacred sisterhood and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I love cacao and it just came, I'll explain the process of creating the, um, the mini retreat day that we did soon, but so cacao and then dancing, I've always loved to dance, um, like always, but it's probably been maybe like the last four years where I've really just like let myself be in that space and dancing for me is something that I use like if I'm angry or if something bad's happened or if I am happy and it's just a way that I can move through my emotion and so somatic therapy is releasing stored emotions in the body 
through movement. So it's not always dancing, but dancing is a really good way to do that. Um, and so the day that we had the somatic like dancing was kind of based on five rhythms, which is a, I think you can do like a practitioner's training in it and they dance through like fear and then anger, sadness, joy, and then compassion. So it's based on those principles and then they use different speeds of music and different music so you can kind of like go on that journey. Um, and I have some really beautiful friends in Melbourne that started this um, in lockdown in April, I think. That So they're all in Melbourne, they've been in lockdown, they're still in lockdown. Um, it's called the High Vibe Collective and they're both healers and they just get a bunch of people every month to come together on a Zoom call and it's probably about 90 minutes and each person does their own little segment. Um, like meditation, I've been on there and done dancing, people will do sound healings, oh, or, yeah, it's, it's really cool, I'll actually um, remind me to send it to you because I've got one this Saturday, so oh, they do cool. one once a month and it's cool and then they have the replay, but I watched my friend Victoria doing like a really small five rhythms um, segment on there and all of a sudden I had this like, it just, I call it a download from spirit and if you're not familiar with like what that is, it was just like this idea that came to me that felt really expansive and like joyful and it didn't really feel like mine, but it was coming through. So I wrote it all down. And it was to do like um, a dance day with women. And then like literally it was only like a five minute process. I was like, oh, and there'd be a cacao ceremony and we'd do this meditation and we'd do this. And I wrote it all down and I looked at it. And you know, after you have those downloads or you have those nudges from spirit, you're always like, nah. I'm, I'm making that up on now. Nah, I could never do that. Yep. And this is probably the first time where I was like, okay, I'm going to do it spirit and just see what happens. Um, I've definitely followed through on those nudges, but just not in that like capacity. And there was, for me, for the first time, no attachment to it either. So it was kind of like, okay, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put it out there. If I get people to come, like 10 people would be cool, but that's it. And then so I made the little... Um, infographic thing that I put on Facebook and like, I had about eight people within the first two hours of putting it out there and I was like cool like that's enough and by the end of it there was ten and then we had nine on the day because one woman didn't couldn't make it but yeah it was just a really fun experience to like let spirit flow through me and I'm usually quite a planner and the things that I wanted to do um, I did write down them I love meditating and I love uh, writing guided meditation so I wrote down a guided meditation that I took you all through because I really like that came through before the day but the rest of it I was like I'm gonna hold the space and I have no expectation of what it will be and I want everyone to have the experience that they want to have um, and just really surrendered it over mm. but that's been like a very big process to get to that yeah I was just gonna say like... for those of us who um, <laughs> are quite there yet do you have any advice about you know really listening to those and following through because yeah, yeah I found that to be quite a difficult thing yeah so listening to those nudges uh, from spirit or your intuition like it's just like practice so it might even be like this a small thing like go to the shops now and you're like oh, what do I need to go to the shops for like go down to the beach now or you should go for a walk now and then you go for that walk and you run into someone that you've been wanting to see all day or you go to the shops and they have something that you've been waiting to come in or you go to the beach and you see dolphins or whatever it is yeah. like just 
practicing with those small things and the more you practice it might even be like to call that person and they're like oh I was just thinking of you and you know you've followed that intuition or the intuitive hit and the more that you practice and the more that you say to the universe or the world like I'm doing these things I'm showing up I'm showing up I'm showing up the more they come and like the easier it gets to trust like okay I'm crazy that I'm gonna go to the shop just before it closes hopefully I get there in time and then you get there and you know you run into that person or whatever it is just really showing up and doing those things um I think that's the best way to just practice or I spoke with a friend recently who's trying to practice or kind of like almost predicts things before they happen I was like just start writing them in a journal you don't have to tell anyone that you think this is going to happen or this is going to be the outcome just start writing them down and then you can look back and be like oh I did think it was going to go this way or oh no I was completely wrong or whatever it is and not 99% of the time he's been right he's like written them all down and then been able to refer back and be like yeah that happened that happened oh yeah I thought that and I think that's yeah that's really big too because we think in our minds oh I've made that up or that's not true so just when you feel those things coming down just even writing them down and you might not follow through on them you might not go to the shop and then two days later you see that person and like oh I was in Cook's Beach and at the shop you know at two yeah. the other day and you're like oh, I was going to go down then and I should have but I didn't or yeah just <clears> a note playing with it you're not always going to get there. For, for those of us who ha haven't really connected with our, our intuition and things before, do you have any advice on how? I love that you are. <laughs> I, I actually, so I've just created a meditation to connect back to your intuition and I'm just getting the workbook done this week. It's going to be um, a free download oh, um, cool. on my website, hopefully by the end of this week. But it is... Um, something that I really want to help people to do more so I do I mentioned before um, intuitive business consulting and I did some polls on my story on Instagram the other day about like um, intuition and intuition led business and things like that but a lot of people were also like um, I think my question was do you connect with your intuition and one of it was like so deeply and the other one was like my what and there was yeah. an, an overwhelming response of like my what like what's my intuition and so I've created a meditation so that you can just anchor down to that deep knowing. And I think it does come um, back to creating that space. But I've guided it so that you connect with your intuition and you ask, like, how do you show up for me and do these things? Um, and then a workbook so you can just write those things down and then you can come back or you can do the process again and just see if that changes. Because I think you build a relationship with your intuition. Um, and for anyone watching that just wants to do that right now, like you can just close your eyes and take a deep breath. And then just start to feel your energy come back into your body. And sometimes that's even the hardest part for people because our energy is so outside in the external world. It's like just mm. about coming back to ourselves and then just listening, like creating that space to listen. Um, you might feel crazy at first, like, am I making that up? Did I really think that? Did some did spirit give me this? Like, maybe you made it all up. Maybe you are crazy, but like, maybe just give it a try and see what happens. <laughs> and I've really found that because um, I, I've been dealing with this inner turbulence around mm -hmm. my spirituality because I um, have been surrounded and, and really felt um, connected with science and always feeling like I need to have you know the evidence yeah. in front of me and as soon as I, I have released myself from you know feeling like I yeah. need to have that yeah 
I just feel so much better in myself. I, I yeah. don't feel like I've got the same stresses as, as I used to. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like I'm stopping myself from like speaking to my friends from back home because you know, I don't want to be questioned with, you know, what what's happened to you and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, how, how do I bridge that gap? Or, you know, is it even necessary for me to? Well, the first thing would be, do you think it's necessary for you to bridge that gap or that, um, that it's going to have to be a transition, like that your friends and family won't just accept you for you? Mm. And maybe not, um, but maybe. Um, the other, it's just interesting that you say that. So I love Joe Dispenza and I talk about him all the time and he, I don't know if you know who yeah. he is, but he studies, yeah, heart coherence and meditation, but the science behind it. So people like you who need science and need to see the process of spirituality or connecting down to your heart space, that science is there, which is great because a lot of people still need that. Um... But I think it's about like we do all this work and like um, we meditate or we do NLP or we do somatic therapy or dancing or connecting back to our intuition and all of it. And it's slowly letting go of those layers of our conditioning and our society so it can feel really scary and vulnerable to show back up to the people that have known us our whole lives yeah. and showed up differently. Um but I truly believe and truly think that when you are aligned um, and deeply aligned with how you're showing up, that people around you can feel that difference. And so it might be different to what they're used to, but that's you and your authenticity. And then in saying that there are going to be people who drop off, but also that is really necessary as well sometimes. Yep. Um, and a lot of people find it hard when they've known people forever like I've known this person since kindy like they're in my life like when was the last time you questioned why you have the friends in your life is it because you've known them from kindy and you just feel like an obligation to them or yeah. is it because you genuinely get a connection from that person or you genuinely want to spend time with them and do things with them or share with them um, and I think that's really important too is questioning like why do I feel like I need to show up this way? Is it because uh, they won't accept me? Yeah. Like, and it's hard because sometimes you do have friends that drop off or you have people that you thought would be in your life forever drop off and people that you want to still be in your life but they don't want you to be in their life. And that's, I guess, part of the learning and the change is that um, we're not for everyone and we might have been for someone for a little bit but sometimes when we stop playing a certain role in people's lives or stop showing up how they expect us to show up then the dynamics change because the energy dynamics change so if you've always had someone that's come to you to complain about things and then all of a sudden you don't hold the space for that like they might get really angry at you because you're not having that then you're not showing up for them how they need you to show up yeah um and it doesn't mean that it's fair for them to get angry at you, but it's also you creating that new energetic boundary where you know, well, I'm not showing up for you in that capacity anymore, so if this needs to fall away, then I trust. I think a lot of it comes back to like a really deep trust and a really deep surrender. Mm. Thank you. Just being gentle with yourself too. Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> that's a really good point actually, because um, I mentioned to you before, my 
inner voice just is always is you know what I'm working on it's not always now yeah. but definitely used to be um you know really negative and, and self-defeating and, and you know quite nasty yeah. and um so I used to do you know everything and everything to keep myself occupied so I didn't have to listen to those voices mm-hmm. and it's been a really uncomfortable journey to get to the p- place where I am yeah. now um but it's just so liberating, you know, to actually listen to yourself and say, actually, you know, this isn't serving me anymore. Um, yeah. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. So, yeah, it's really powerful and really uncomfortable. It's beautiful. And have you taken a moment to just acknowledge yourself? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I do do that. The vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. It is um, the inner critic is a very interesting topic because we grow up in a society where we are marketed things to make our life better and products to make us different because who we are isn't enough yeah what we have isn't enough and that is essentially just that big marketing loop that we're born into like, that is just, it is what it is. But if we, like, and we fall into that because we see our mothers and our friends and our aunties and our fathers and whoever, we see all of them in that track, I guess. Um, and so we grow up hating the way that we look or how we dress or, you know, not fitting in where we feel like we need to fit into this societal normal conditioning. And that's how all of these companies make their money. Like, if every single woman in this world woke up tomorrow and knew their worth, that they were born innately worthy, all of, like, the beauty product industry, all of that would crumble because we wouldn't feel like we need to have this moisturiser to stop us getting wrinkles to, God forbid, people know that we've aged. (laughs) Like, I fucking think it's a beautiful thing to age. had so many friends die before I was 18, like way too many deaths. I averaged like two funerals a year. But yeah, by the time I was 26, I'd been to over 26 funerals. Like it was a very low point. Um, And I think, fuck, if I make 50, like me. Yeah. I've lived a a great life. My friends didn't even make 18. Some of my friends haven't made 25. Like I just think that our inner critic, like when we get so stuck in that and – like I've definitely been in that like it's I've had some really dumb eating disorder stuff and wanting to take my own life and stuff like you get in your head but essentially like and I only say this now having gone through all of that and it's not just something you can decide overnight but if I hate myself and I hate the way I look and I hate my body and I hate who I am and I hate this world I'm letting everyone else win. I'm letting these marketing companies win. I'm letting these people who don't even know me win. And, like, what's the point of that? Like, if I came here to learn all these lessons, like, I want to learn them so I don't have to keep coming back. Like, I want to show up and I want to be an inspiration for people to know that they can show up authentically and in their radiance and in sisterhood and all of those things because we need examples of that. Absolutely. And I get to be one in this world so I'm gonna do that <laughs> I love that I think it's so true you know about outsourcing our, our need and desire for validation from mm. other people um, and 
you know it's so important to bring that with them do you have like any 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 tools in your toolbox for <laughs> yeah validation is a huge one and because it is such or well, some people um the way that they process information is to talk it out loud so that they can hear it and then that is a validation process in itself but mm. it depends who you're talking to because if you have the wrong people around you they won't validate you for what's sure. true for you yeah but um yeah, we constantly want to be validated by the outside world because we think if we follow these um, innate knowings and these wisdoms in our hearts, because they're not normal or because they might, you know, have me wear this or do that, that we're not fitting in that societal box again. So I think it's about like building up that bravery in ourselves and just practicing with small things and um, having one or two close people, if you can, saying... I really want to work on my external validation, but I trust you to hold space for me. And sometimes if I need external validation and something I'm doing, would it be okay if I talk to you about that? Um, I don't always need your opinion or whatever it is. Yeah, you can say, I don't always need your opinion, but I would just like to feel supported or like really creating those friendships where you can celebrate your wins and celebrate um, the cool things that are happening and also talk about your challenges if you need to, like really creating those spaces that you can have those things I, I think um, that's just so perfect and actually for me when I was back home having friends who just hold space for you and didn't feel like they yeah. that was that was just you know it yeah. was never there and actually a lot yeah. of my friendships were built around gossiping and you know yeah. talking about other people and it's only been since I've allowed myself the space to you know just be myself and let go of the people that just yeah. you know weren't there for me and my progress is um you know i've allowed myself to have friends that actually you know just want to <laughs> listen without feeling yeah. the need to um yeah. feedback and, and that's so special and something yeah. that i was just never aware of you know existed in the world it's yeah. um well you also can't do better till you know better yeah and for a lot of people as well they might be thinking like oh how would i ever even have those uh those friendships and sometimes it is about saying hey I'm learning now I want to do this will you be that person for me and like just starting from there yeah um but also how you said like a lot of friendships are built around gossip and it's all about that wanting to fit in again um and it's really terrifying when you feel like you might be the only one that doesn't fit in in this whole world um I think what we forget is quite often we're not the only one feeling the way that we feel <laughs> yeah um, so even being able to talk about those experiences or be like, oh, I feel like I'm the only one who does this or feels this way. Like most of the time, the reason around you, but it's like, nah, yeah. it's about having those vulnerable experiences. That's true. Um, and they don't always go well. So sometimes you're vulnerable with people and they're like, well, you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> like, well, now I'm comfortable enough for my skin to be like, yeah, I am. But you know, it's building up that resilience and building up that trust and, uh, the more we do that, the more we pave the way. So, like, if we have children and then they have children, the way's paved differently, and it's not all about unlearning and unpacking all of this terrible stuff that goes on. Absolutely, yeah, and I can really relate to that um, kind of, you know, stopping what's happened in the past and not not kind of perpetuating that lineage that I've mm. had to deal with, and, and yeah. you know, making starting afresh for yeah. for the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Well, 
I really feel like there's kind of a theme of um, living courageously and, and really, you know, showing up authentically and, um, you know, being vulnerable. And, and all of those things are really quite difficult to do. Um, or are they difficult? And um, for me, that it's been, you know, kind of, I guess, feeding into the comfort zone thing. You're really just feeling the fear and, and doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, that's a, a book. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's very true. <laughs> it's kind of my life. <laughs> Yes, um, they are scary and terrifying every time. Um, my Instagram, I share a lot of my own personal journey and I share about some really hard times and stuff as they, or around the times that they come up. Um, and again, this has been built up because I have been vulnerable and decided to share because it's scary and I'll get a message being with someone saying, Thank you so much for sharing that. I didn't realize that that was normal or I didn't know that um, other people felt that way or that's really explained something that I've felt and yeah. I'm going to go get help or you've helped me through a really dark time. Like you've, I've had people say like you've saved my life. Oh. And even if I'd only ever affected one person like that, I would continuously show up the way that I do. But because I quite often as soon as I have a really vulnerable share on Instagram which is like my preferred medium I guess I'll get messages like that like thank you for sharing like I guess it's part of that journey I've been on since I was 15 um of, of showing up authentically and I have had that validation I guess externally from people reaching out like I, that's not why I've done it to seek that but it's been a natural byproduct of the things that I've done um and I say part of it is because I'm an Aries, so an Aries is about like um, the the wording with it is I am, um, and it's a that's fiery and it's passionate and it's showing up and it's sometimes being childish, but <laughs> feeling the fear and doing it like um, I was gonna say blazing the way, like just creating that path. Um, but also I know that the specific body that I was born into and the specific uh, personality that I have and all of these things that I chose before I came here um, means I can reach a lot of people and I'm a safe space for a lot of people and so I because of the work that I've done I'm going to use that to create the most change like my main reasons for not taking my life was finding something greater than myself to live for and that was of being in service to the world. And that is by showing up vulnerably and courageously and bravely to show others that you can. And that there's a different way to do it. And to just try, yeah, try help more people stand in that space. Because how liberating is it when you see someone who is lit up and in their truth? Yeah. Like that's contagious it really is and you see it and you're like fuck yeah I, I want to be part of that and to be part of that is to create that space and be like what is my what lights me up what makes me so excited and is infectious to the people around me in a good way not in a corona way <laughs> <laughs> I think this um it's um so true because um for a long time for me I just consider myself a separate I'm it's just me and I'm in this 
alone yeah. um, but then as soon as you start finding passion in um, supporting other people and um, you know sharing vulnerably with other people yeah. it kind of makes you feel a lot more connected yeah like yeah it kind of like you say gives you like a, a bigger purpose than just you know living yourself your life just for yeah. yourself it's interesting that you bring this up because part of what I do and the friends that I have is about creating that deeper connection and being vulnerable because I feel like when you're vulnerable with people and you are speaking from that pure place like people might not agree with what you're saying but you can't argue with someone who's speaking from their truth yeah like if that is someone's pure truth <clears throat> you can you can tell that like if you're having a conversation or even an argument with someone and someone drops down into that space and expresses something you know you might not agree but you know um over lockdown I created a game called Candid um it's actually going through a rebrand so that's not what the name's going to be anymore but it's a question-based game on vulnerability and intimate connection um so that you can get to know people better mm. but my reason for creating it was because I felt like I still feel like when you have a deeper connection with even just one person someone you can be completely vulnerable vulnerable and open with then there's less of a reason that you would take your life. So 30% of the profit goes to um, I Am Hope Foundation in New Zealand, which helps uh, have free mental health care for New Zealanders. Um, and also if you have that deeper connection, even like a tool to get a deeper connection with someone like that you can be vulnerable with, there is, it's that preventative, there's less likely of a chance that you're going to do something like take your own life because mm. you know that at least that one person cares and you've had that deeper connection with Whoa. and so vulnerability and sharing and creating the space like I've got a friend who heard about the game and was like oh Caitlin just wants us to all have conversations like she does she just wants us to be on her level and was kind of like taking the piss of it which is cool because he's just not ready to sit at that level and that's fine and I can have great conversations with him but he doesn't want those with other people but I feel like having the tools to create that space that's how we create deeper connection that's how we realize that we're not all alone in what mm. we're thinking and that's how we create those deeper friendships and those deeper connections where you can be like oh today i'm actually not okay like, yeah i need a hand or oh my god i did this really cool thing and it's like you have people celebrate with you as well like yeah you can have vulnerable deep connections that aren't always about like the happy-go-lucky stuff, but if you're going to have deep connections with people like that, then you have people that also celebrate with you because we don't celebrate enough. That's true. We don't feel like, yeah, we don't feel, yeah. I love to celebrate. I love to drink champagne, so <laughs> any excuse. <laughs> oh, Caitlin, thank you so much. Um, can I just um, finish, if you feel okay, um, to just share a little bit about what inspires you and what keeps you motivated? Yeah. Um... I was, was going to say the people inspire me <laughs> and then I was like I'm not standing on the stage in front of millions um but it is it it is watching other people um be lit up and inspired by what they do it's about myself being scared to share something and then having people say um you've really helped me transition mm. through this or you've given me the courage to actually go back to counseling or do these things and um, having 
that mixed with like my deep trust and anchoring with spirit and with what my mission here in this lifetime is um it just it's the reason that I keep showing up every day and that I haven't stopped and that I want to create a difference in this world because I was given the ability to do that and I think we all are given the ability to make a difference in this world um but sometimes if you don't have someone else paving the way for you you don't um believe it's possible mm -hmm. and we're in the process of creating a world that's different to what we've ever seen um and I was just given a little extra dose of fuck it <laughs> <laughs> let's do it um <laughs> thankfully <laughs> have you got any extra doses for me <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just every time, just think. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna borrow a little bit of Caitlin energy. Fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. Thank you. I, I love that. <laughs> I'm I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to meet you and and spend some time with you. And I'm so grateful for um, the um, ceremony and dance. Um, that was just so special. And I can't wait to attend more of your um, whatever you're being called to do next. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for having me. I honestly, I just love even chatting about this kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this makes me lit up <laughs> and being around like-minded people and, and beautiful. I love beauty, so being in beautiful locations like this, like, mm, I'm all for it. <laughs>